Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. So today we're going to talk about socially anxious kids, and that is because somebody in my private Facebook group was talking about their struggles with their son, and a lot of other people were chiming in and saying they were having the same struggles. So I thought, what a great podcast to do because I work with kids all the time who are socially anxious, and of course, I have my own personal experiences with it because... It always seems that that is the way it goes. So if you have not joined my private Facebook group already, you should be joining because there's amazing group of people in there and a lot of them have incredible advice and suggestions and it's a really friendly, supportive group. There's no hostility. Everybody could agree to disagree and it's totally fine. So if you're not already in there, go to AT Parenting Kids with Anxiety and OCD um, on Facebook. (laughs) I should have probably said that first. Or you can go to my website, anxioustoddlers.com. And at the very bottom of my website, there's a link and you can just click it and join there so that you can be part of that conversation because it is almost up to a thousand members. It's growing every day. So anyway, let's talk about socially anxious kids. And I'm going to talk about kids of all ages. The particular kids that a lot of people are talking about in our thread seem to be about that five to six-year-old range, but I'm also going to touch on the teenagers too, kind of in big general terms. But it's really good if you do have a, a younger child to start being proactive and working on this when they're really young, because it's easier to tackle sooner than later of course, with everything, right? So I want to start off by talking about two things that are not about skill building first. So bear with me. I'm going to give you some concrete tips as well, but I do always look at the bigger picture when I'm talking about any issue. And with social anxiety, I feel like you have to do that as well. And I'm going to weave in stories about my youngest daughter because that's what I do. (laughs) And I'm going to weave in stories about me because that's what I do as well. So let's talk about that. There's two important things I want to talk about first that are just more of a global thing. The first one is, this is going to sound stupid, but acceptance. So I think it's important to understand and accept your child and who they are. And so if they're not outgoing and they're more of an introvert, they're not going to be as social. And so there's this weird fine line between, you know, a child being socially anxious and really upset and a child who's being maybe more introverted and shy. And so some of it is one, accepting your child's disposition and understanding it. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then just helping them with the anxiety part. So I'll tell you what I'm talking about. A lot of times parents will come to my practice and they're not maybe introverted people, or maybe they're, they're pretty social. And they'll say, Natasha, I am so worried. My, my daughter, 
she only talks to one person. She only has one friend. And I always tell her, you know, you need to play with more people than that. Today, go play with somebody else as well. Because you want to have a lot of friends, not just one friend. So go up to somebody and go, you know, have friends. Or if they have a teenager, they'll say to me something like, you know, I told her that the group of friends that she's with, they're not good. They're not good people. And she needs to get better friends. So I told her to find better friends, go sit at a different lunch table. And I completely cringe at those kind of comments because I know what it feels like to be one, an introvert, which I've talked about before, and also maybe socially anxious. And those kind of comments just make a kid feel worse. When I was little, I always had one friend because I was probably like your child (laughs) and I'm probably like my youngest child. Like I couldn't socially navigate a large group of people. It was overwhelming for me. And so it was better and safer for me to just cling on. And I kind of use the word cling on. Um, and not like, I think is cling on like in the star Trek (laughs) or is that star Wars cling on? Okay. I'm totally ignorant on star Wars and star Trek, but anyway, I don't mean cling on. Is it cling on? Okay. It's star Trek. I had to actually pause and go look at it (laughs) totally random and not important at all about what we're talking about, but I would cling on to friends and, or friend. And we moved around a lot when I was a kid, which was horrible. And I hated it because I had to start all over and we moved um, schools even more than we moved houses. So that was incredibly frustrating and anxiety producing for me. And maybe that'd be a good podcast down the road, how to not stress your child out when you're moving. But when I would try to make friends, I would normally just make one friend. And my mom would say stuff like, you know, go sit with somebody else today or go make more friends. And I'd be like, okay, easier said than done. If I could do that, then I would, but that's not who I am. And that's not in my comfort zone. So I think when you make comments like that, they come from a good place And the parents that I work with, they come from a good place when they say that, but it just puts more stress on your child. And so sometimes they're just going to have one friend at a time and that's okay. That's comfortable for them. We'll talk about how to teach them to make other friends because there are tools that I wanted to go over, but I think it's also important for you to accept that you, there are people and kids who are a one friend type of person. They're like monogamous friendships (laughs) and I laugh, but that's honestly how they look at it because they feel like they're being cheated on when that monogamous friendship is broken because that person goes and talks to somebody else. They're very, very sensitive. All right. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll talk about that. The second part of the thing I wanted to talk about before skill building is education. So nobody sat down with me and said, oh, Natasha, you're an introvert. And this is what introverts are. This is what extroverts are. And it's okay that you're not like this person over here. And that would have made me feel a lot better because I didn't understand myself. I would look around and I would see all these people laughing and having tons and tons of friends. And I would think, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't, first of all, I don't even want to have that many friends. And that's exhausting. And everybody else seems really happy with that. And I just kind of want to sit here quietly with my one friend. And I was very outgoing when I was comfortable, but I was an introvert. And I have had episodes to kind of differentiate introverts versus shyness. And if you haven't listened to episode 22, you should, because that is all about how 
introverted and reserved kids aren't always shy. And it's good for you to understand the difference because I think it's really important for you to get your kids. And if they're socially anxious, they, they may or may not be an introvert. They're not mutually exclusive. I mean, you can be socially anxious and an extrovert. You just are socially anxious. And so you can have social anxiety and be an outgoing extrovert person. But um, also you could be a shy person and an introverted person. And you can be introverted and not be shy. <laughs> so whatever. There's lots of different combinations you can be. And that's that. But I think to educate your child, even if they're really little, and explain that some people are filled up by being around other people, And some people are depleted. And a great way to teach kids about this, like little kids, is to take two cups and get a pitcher of water and explain to them that in one cup, that's an an introvert, someone who likes to be around a lot of people, and they get filled up and then fill the cup with water as you're talking about it. They get filled up when they're around other people, and that feels really good. And then fill the other cup with water, or already have it filled up. Should have thought about my story before I started and then start to empty that and say, now this person is an introvert. And when they're around other people, they start to get depleted. They start to empty out and they start to get tired and they only have so much water in their cup and people take that water. And it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just how we interact with other people. Now for a little bit older kids, you can use like the battery analogy, you know, that or a charger analogy. And I use that a lot with older kids, you know, that introverts tend to get like they're using their battery when they're around other people and extroverts tend to get charged up. So anyway, I don't want to go way into detail about that, but that's a great way to explain that to your child. And so they can understand themselves and maybe their uncomfortableness around too many people. Okay. So after you have shown some acceptance and you have educated your child, I wanted to go into a couple of steps that I think are important to kind of point out that you can do with your kids. The first is you want to teach them how they look to other people. So you can do this with your five and six-year-olds. You can do this with your teenagers. Um, And I'll give you examples throughout a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about because it's kind of vague. My youngest, who's five, almost six, you know, started kindergarten almost a month ago. Now we had really planned this. So I have built her social skills for a really long time. And I actually go into that, like how I prepared her for kindergarten and how to prepare anxious kids for kindergarten in my YouTube videos. So if you haven't seen my YouTube channel, you should check that out. There is a link in the show notes below this podcast. Or if you go on my website, there's a link on the very top at anxioustoddlers.com. Or if you're just on YouTube, you can look up anxious toddlers, parenting survival for all ages is the name of the channel. So, um, subscribe to that if you haven't, because I do, I'll do different topics than I normally do on the podcast. Sometimes I'll do similar ones, but it's a video and it's different because, well, it's not this, (laughs) I don't use the audio of this to make my YouTube videos are totally separate. So a lot of times I'm just rambling on about different information. So check that out if you haven't, but if you are listening to this because you're worried about kindergarten and you haven't started yet, that is definitely a good YouTube video to watch. So actually I'll just put a link of that video in my show notes. That probably would be a little bit better. So anyway, so I dropped my daughter off uh, first day of kindergarten and I go into the gates and we're all kind of hovering and nervous 
And because I worked on preparing her, she had known some people already because I had put her in the camp the summer before kindergarten was to start that was associated with her school so that she could meet people. So anyway, she goes in and this girl comes right up to her and is like, hey, blah, 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 because I try not to use my kid's name. So her name is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, five-year-old Natasha's daughter, um, do you want to go play? And my daughter like was reluctant. And then the girl grabbed her hand, which I thought was really cute and brought her to the playground. And of course I'm thinking, yay, you know, there you go. There's your best friend for the year because that's how I was as a child. And so she goes off, but she kind of like, lets go of the girl's hand. And then the girl quickly wants to say goodbye to her mom. Who's like hovering at the gate. So she goes to say goodbye. And my daughter takes off and just goes and gets the last swing and leaves the girl. And I'm like, okay, well that was ruined. That was not a good idea. So she does that a lot. She can look very unfriendly. And so we talked about that. I talked about that with her afterwards. And I said, you know, when you left her and you went to go get a, you know, a swing that probably looked kind of rude to her. And then she was like, no, you know, she wanted to play with other people. I saw her playing with other people. So go, go over with your child, how they look to other kids, because this is a common theme I see with socially anxious kids. They look rude and they're not getting that. A lot of the teenagers I work with who are coming in for social anxiety will tell me that once they have made a friend, the friend will always give them the feedback. Wow. You're a lot nicer than I thought you look you looked really rude. I was going to like curse. <laughs> I was going to say something that was totally not appropriate, but they normally say like, you know, you just look like unapproachable in their teen sort of way. So, and the, and the person that I'm working with will say, and this has happened many, many times. So I'm not even talking about one kid. I'm talking about kids in general. They'll come in my office and they'll say, I can't believe she thought that about me. I mean, I'm the nicest person. Why would people think that? And it's like, because you have this look on your face because you're socially anxious, that really is anxiety, but it's an aloof standoffish look that sometimes people get. Now, little kids are just outright rude. They just, they don't say hi. They don't smile back. They look away. They're not warm when kids try to extend a friendship, just like my girl was. So talk to your kids about how they look. The second thing you want to do is talk to them about how sometimes people can get, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Socially anxious kids are sensitive to people's behavior around them and they personalize it. And so they think everybody's talking about them and they think everyone's looking at them. And so you want to talk to your child and give them alternative scenarios. Like my oldest at one point, two girls ran off into like a closet at school to go talk about something private. And she was like assured that they were talking about her. And so I was just like, well, I wonder maybe they were talking about blah, 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 or maybe they're talking about this, or maybe they're talking about that. I mean, you don't know. I try to just do it in a question sort of way. Like, hmm, I wonder if maybe it wasn't about you. And that tends to go down better with the teenagers. They don't like to be told. Well, I think you like misread that, that, that doesn't go down well. But if you kind of say, huh, you know, I wonder if maybe, can you hear that in the background? <laughs> that is my annoying cat eating because I have food in here. And if I kick her out and I put her outside of my office, 
then she scratches to get in. So she's like my nemesis. She's like the podcast nemesis. And now she's going to jump back on the table and make more noise. But you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm not editing this stuff out. So it's just real life. So talk to your kids about their perceptions. Be careful and don't like, like I just said, don't tell them that you think it's something else. Just use my like little phrase. Like, I wonder if I use that all the time with my kids. And I use that a lot in my practice. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they're being rude, but I wonder if maybe they just had something private they wanted to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. Do it like that. (laughs) It goes down a lot better. The next thing is that a lot of socially anxious kids write people off really quickly. And I'm even talking about your five and six-year-olds. Any small little slight that they perceive as rude, that they will hold a grudge perpetually. And I'll give you an example on this one. So they'll write people off one, because like they don't meet all the criteria of their long list of needs for being the perfect friend, but also if they are offended. So my daughter was on the playground and she knew this kid. She has, um, she had already known this kid and she had liked this kid and she was excited because she thought they were going to be friends before she even started kindergarten. So one of the first, the first week of school, she's running around with this kid and this kid met another kid. And so the three of them are running around. And then the new kid that she didn't know at all turned to the kid that she did know. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying not to use names and said, I'm getting sick of her. Are you getting sick of her? And then the kid that she liked said, yeah, I'm getting sick of her too. And so she walked away and she was like a wounded girl. (laughs) That was very, very upsetting to her, but she didn't say anything to, to that kid. So fast forward. I was eating breakfast with her yesterday. So once a month we try to do like what we call one-on-ones where I like take one of my children out so I can spend alone time with them. We've been horrible at it. So I know you're like, wow, that sounds so nice. We don't do it. I have it on the calendar, but I'm going to try to be consistent. So yesterday was my one-on-one with her. We went out for breakfast and so cute going out for breakfast with her. Cause she has like so many stories to tell me. So we were talking about, I was trying to help her with her social anxiousness. And I said, why aren't you friends with, you know, your favorite kid anymore? And she said, well, because he's not nice. You know, he told me that he was sick of me. And I said, has he told you that anymore? And she said, no. And I said, does he not talk to you? He doesn't want to play with you. And she said, oh no, he chases me around all day long. And he says, hi, do you want to play? Hi. And I will not play with him because he hurt my feelings. So that's an example. So then I taught my five-year-old yesterday what the word grudge meant and that she is holding a grudge and that that's not a good thing. And we also talked about how kids will only ask for so long and then eventually they're going to stop asking and they're going to forget about you. So, and that's a good thing to talk to your child about in general, that people eventually will, kids will eventually stop asking if they want to play. And this, this goes for teenagers too. If your teenager is constantly saying no to hanging out after school, no to sleepovers, no to everything, eventually they will not be invited. And then they get hurt and they're like, why isn't anybody inviting me to these things? And I'm like, well, how many have have you gone to? Well, none, because they make me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, do you ever say like, thanks for inviting me? Or do you ever reply to the text? And a lot of times they're like, no, because I don't know what to say. Well, okay, that kind of looks rude. People are going to stop 
putting themselves out there and offering anything if you don't respond. So that goes for all ages. Okay. So up next, I'm going to be talking to you about skill building and a couple of other elements that normally create socially anxious kids. Stay tuned. That's what's up next. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Okay, welcome back. So I want to talk to you about some skills. One skill, which this is going to sound really weird, but it's actually very helpful. So what happens with socially anxious kids is they don't, they're not the ones to initiate friendships because they're not going to be. And that is okay if that's where their comfort zone is. I was that kid. But unfortunately, the kids that are going to come up to your child, typically, what do you think they're going to be? They're going to be extroverts, right? Because who else is going to come up to that very shy kid who's giving off the don't talk to me vibe and say, hey, do you want to be my friend? And so it's going to be a mixed match because your socially anxious, quieter child is going to be friends with the loud child. And sometimes the child that is going to meet a lot of friends. And that was totally me. I never said anything to anybody. And I wound up being friends with the really outgoing people. But then it was always uncomfortable because they kind of weren't my people. They didn't get me. I didn't get them. And it was a, it was a bad match. But I wasn't ever going to go and initiate saying hi to somebody because what if they didn't like me? What if they said, what if they rejected me? What would I say to them? How do I start a conversation? All of those things that socially anxious kids struggle with. So, and I even had to work on it in adulthood because I'm still not an outgoing person, even though I sit here and talk to you and my cat every day. Well, not every day, once a week, but whatever. So teach your child instead to go look around the room or look around recess and find the quiet kid. Tell them, you may not realize this, but there's probably a quiet kid. So I said this to my daughter the other day. Well, actually yesterday while we're having breakfast, I said to her, you know, instead of running away from this kid that you don't like and kind of playing with this other boy once in a while, I said, and then, oh, we'll get to this other thing. Well, actually, maybe we'll talk about it now. The other thing that she was talking about is how she likes this one girl, but she said, but she's already taken because <laughs> that's how socially anxious people think. I told you, it's like a monogamous friendship. So this one girl's really nice, but she's already taken because this other girl will play with her and she won't sit with them at lunch because the girl, one of the girls eats peanut butter and has really bad breath. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. So my little sensory girl has like a supersonic nose. I think I might've talked about this in one of my podcasts before. Like she, she has like, honestly, a ridiculous nose. Like I would have eaten peanut butter in the morning and maybe just a spoonful and brushed my teeth, had like a zillion other things in my mouth. And then at night gave her a kiss goodnight to go to bed. And she'd be like, ew, did you have peanut butter? Yeah. She's like that. So she won't sit next to these girls because one of the girls eats peanut butter and it's not just peanut butter. I mean, it is literally anything. She got like crazy nose. So I said to the, I said to her, well, if you're not eating with them at lunch, they're not going to wait for you at recess because they're kind of going to not think you're their friend. So, and if she's playing with the other girl, you know, I have some crazy news for you. 
three girls can play too. It doesn't just have to be one. Because she was going through and she was like, yeah, well, the kid that I was talking about before that she really likes, he's got a friend. And this little girl that she likes, she's got a friend, the peanut butter girl. And then I said, well, find the quietest, shyest girl. And why don't you go up to her and say, hey, do you want to play? And I said, because she is probably feeling even worse than you. And she's probably dying to have a friend, but she's too anxious or worried to say anything. And so my daughter thought about it. She goes, first, she said, there's nobody like that mom. Everybody has a friend. And then she thought about it. And then she said, well, there is this one girl. She's really shy. She doesn't say anything to anybody. She didn't look at anybody the first day. And I said, and that ironically, that totally would have been my daughter, except that we did a lot of work before kindergarten to help her, which I talk about in my YouTube video. So, um, she said, Oh, but you know what? No, I can't be friends with her because she actually does have a quiet friend that plays with her. And so that mentality of if they are, if they're partnered up, they are already taken. You have to work on that with your child. And that we had a very long breakfast about this. And I don't even honestly know if I made any uh, progress. I'll tell you next episode because she's at school right now. And hopefully I planted some seeds, but she was very adversarial about my beautiful ideas. And your child probably will be too, because it's anxiety. So um, talk to her, talk to your child about finding a quiet person and explaining that they're probably quiet because they're uncomfortable. And then you want to kind of help script a conversation for them. And with little kids, you can just practice. You can like go to a park or McDonald's and give them a script, you know, go up to her and say, Hey, do you want to play with me? And I always prepare socially anxious kids for the rejection. I say, you know what? They might say no. They might say they don't want to play with you. And that's okay. Not every kid's going to want to be your friend, but you don't want to give up. So you kind of want to highlight that. Um, Even with my daughter and the one kid, I said, I think you should give him another chance. People deserve second chances. Forgiveness is important. But if he does it again and he says something that hurts your feelings, you can say, okay, that hurts my feelings. And that's why I don't ever want to play with you. And then you don't have to be friends with them again, but you want to give other people chances. So help script a conversation. And I do talk about conversation ball in my YouTube video, which is a technique that I use in my practice that you could use at home. So I I talk about it in there. You can watch the video about how to teach kids how to have good conversations. And you want to teach teenagers or, or kids that are not really little, how to do some social reciprocity, which is, you know, I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk, and I'm listening to you. And I'm going to ask about you. I tell socially anxious kids who are older, ask your friends lots of questions because people love to talk about themselves. You can have a conversation with someone, especially when they're kids and it's all about them. You've just asked them a zillion questions and they've talked about them the entire time. And they're going to walk away from that saying, "Woo, that was a good conversation. I really enjoyed talking to her. And they literally talked about themselves the whole time. Because, you know, innately people do like to talk about themselves and kids in particular. And socially anxious kids don't realize that because they'll say to me, I don't know what I should say. Like, I don't know what should we talk about. And this, I don't hear that complaint as much from the five and six-year-olds as I do the older kids where they're really nervous because they don't want to maintain a conversation. And so I'll role play with the older kids and I'll say, I'm going to bring up a conversation and I want you to throw it back to me. 
over and over again, keep asking me questions. And they build a lot of empowerment and a lot of confidence when they learn how to do that, because then they're like, Oh, I can keep a conversation going. That's all I have to do is just throw it back. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if you want to sprinkle things about you, that's great, but you don't have to. And so that kind of reduces the anxiety with little kids. They just have a hard time jumping into things. And so I find their bigger issue is saying, Hey, do you want to play with me? And handling the rejection, because once they're rejected, then they're like a crumbled, wilted flower and they won't do it again. So it's more about that for, for all socially anxious kids, I would say building their self-esteem and making them less self-conscious is huge. That's a very, very big component. And that's what I do with my kids. We talk a lot about not caring what other people think. I buy books on it and we talk about it and I highlight when I do something because I care about what other people think. And I tell about, I talk about how then I shouldn't do that. And it's kind of backfired. Actually, we had a little bit of a meltdown this morning because my son, who's seven, so I have three kids, so 13, seven, and five right now. So my son was yelling at my daughter and it was like six in the morning and I hear the screaming. So I get out of my bedroom. I'm like, what is going on? And he is yelling at her because she wants to match because they have to get dressed before they come downstairs. That's my rule because that's my sanity right there. So they're both getting dressed. And she's matching. She's wearing, because I've been teaching her to match. And because she was like, it was horrendous. She'd come down with like really crazy, crazy outfits. And my son was mad at her. And he's saying, you should not match. Because mom says you shouldn't care what anyone else thinks. And matching is caring what other people think. And you shouldn't do it. And for some reason, he gets really mad at me when I tell her to match. So yeah, that's what's going on here. (laughs) I had to deal with that today. I was like, well, matching is still important. You know, it's like a life skill. You shouldn't care what other people think, but you know, kind of want to match. And if you don't want to match, that's okay because that's your choice. But you know, it's like, I'm teaching her how to brush her hair. Eventually, if she wants her hair crazy, that's her choice, but she has to at least know how to brush it. So it's like chess. Parenting is like chess. They're like always one step ahead. So Let me, I have a few more things I have in my notes that I want to bring up before I run out of time. I want to talk to you about, so let me stop rambling. Well, my, the rest of my notes are actually about boosting self-esteem because I have found even with myself, like I really didn't know that I was socially anxious as a child until I became an adult and not even until like in my forties. I am actually going to be 45 this week. (laughs) Can you believe that? And I don't think I really understood myself in the social arena until I was 40. No. What am I saying? Maybe 43. (laughs) It's It's like recent. And it wasn't until I actually felt really good about myself and didn't care what other people thought that I started to not be as socially anxious because I'm like, whatever. If I talk to somebody and they're rude to me, that's their problem. That's their loss. But in the past, I would like ruminate over it. What did I do? What did I say? Or I'd read into whatever anyone said to me or wrote to me. I'd be like, oh, that sounded kind of rude. Maybe they don't like me. And now I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. People aren't going to always like what I have to say. And people aren't going to always like me. That's okay. That's why there's like millions of people in the world. You can go find somebody else to talk to. But Anxious, socially anxious kids don't feel that way. 
And you're going to have to work on that with your child. And you can do this from a very young age. So you want to focus on why people like them. So highlight things that are great about them. So, and you want to focus on their values. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a little girl in my practice the other day, and she is socially anxious. And she was upset because she, somebody didn't invite her to a birthday party. And I was saying, you know, not everybody's going to invite everybody to their birthday parties. And it's not because they don't like you. It's just, you have a certain amount of people you can invite. And unfortunately that's not going to be everybody, especially a sleepover. And we were talking about something about why she wasn't friends with somebody else. And it was because the girl wanted her to cheat. And I said, you have values and you know, you have to find somebody else who has values and appreciates that. And not everybody's going to appreciate that. And so you want to talk to your kids like that to talk about what things are great about them and how not everybody is going to have the same values or is going to be as kind or as considerate. A lot of teenagers will talk to me about how they're so thoughtful and they, you know, they bring their friends gifts when it's their birthday and nobody does anything for them. And then I have to tell them, look, I'm sorry, but developmentally, most teenagers are narcissistic and it's not a negative. It's just developmentally where people are at, at that age. It's like, they're very self-absorbed because that is what that stage is about. Luckily you're not that way, but I'm sorry, but most of your peers are going to be. So even though you're thoughtful and you're doing all these really nice things, not everyone is going to think that way at this age. And that helps them not personalize it and be like, wow, everybody hates me because that's kind of where socially anxious kids go. They're super paranoid. They think everybody hates them. Their friends aren't their real friends. People talk about them. And maybe that's happening on some level because there's so much drama with kids, but they are going to balloon it out of proportion no matter what, because that's what socially anxious kids do. And so you have to bring it back down. Lastly, I want to say I wouldn't put a lot of pressure on your child. I think the more pressure you put on them, without giving them the tools or when you hyper-focus on their lack of social interaction, I can tell you on a personal level, it feels really bad. It was never a good thing when my mom highlighted any of my social struggles. It made me feel 10 times worse. So I think it's better to like problem solve. You know, when I sit with my daughter and we just talk about, Hey, why aren't you friends with that kid that you really liked in preschool anymore? And then she'll talk about it and she'll say, well, he hurt my feelings. And but I'm not saying like, why aren't you playing with anybody? Or, you know, I saw you at recess and I, you weren't playing with anyone. You need to make friends. So just be really careful with how you say it because they're so sensitive that you don't want to crush them. And secondly, if you have a little kid, and this is totally not in order of what I'm talking about, but I know we talked about this in my Facebook group, you know, definitely role playing and playing with the dolls and playing with them at home can help. And I talk about this in my YouTube video you know, play games with your kids and then see what they're like as a peer. When I'm socially building kids up in my practice, I'll play with them on purpose. I'll play competitive games and I will try to win and I'll see what their reaction is. And I'll pretend mentally, like not physically, but I'll pretend that I'm a kid. And so I'll I'll interact with them as a kid. So if we're getting out, you know, the checkers board and they're like, I'm red, I'll say, well, I wanted to be red. Like I'll be a kid. And they'll say, well, I want to be red. And then I'll kind of break out of it. And I'll say, you know, if I was a kid and you were just like, I'm red, I'm going first. I really wouldn't want to play with you because that's, you're not being very friendly or fair. And so I teach kids step by step by doing it. 
And then, you know, if they're losing and they're getting angry and they're huffing and puffing, I would say, if I was a kid right now, I'd probably, I'd probably already leave. I wouldn't want to play with you because you're not being very fun to play with. So you may not know that your child's social skills are horrendous (laughs) until you actually try to play a game with them and see, are they too controlling? You know, do they get angry? And some socially anxious kids when they actually do play with someone, they don't play in a nice way because their anxiety makes them want to win, makes them competitive, um, all sorts of things. So play with your kids and, and then that way you can kind of tweak their social skills that way. This was kind of brief, although actually probably not because we're about 37 minutes in, but I hope some of that gave you some ideas of where to go with your socially anxious child. And the good news is it does get better because I have been trying to build my kids' skills and it's small little steps, but they do progress, but you can't have the image of what you want them to be socially. You have to have the image of what they want to be socially, but without the anxiety component. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, I hope you find the sparkle in every day. Take care. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Oh wait, before I go, (laughs) I forgot to do my groveling. If you're liking my podcast, Please, you can just hit a star and rate it. You don't. I'll take like literally like two seconds on iTunes or stars, and you can just hit one. Uh, that really helps me. It helps get the podcast noticed, but it also makes me feel good because I check the numbers. And I'm like, ah, somebody else left a star. Yeah, I'm pathetic. <laughs> I told you I'm socially anxious, so the feedback is really helpful for me. I do appreciate the emails that I get thanking me for the podcast. That is very sweet. If you want to put a review actually on the podcast, that's even better because people can read that and they can be like, oh, this sounds really helpful. I'll listen to it. And it also makes me feel really good. So I do want to say thank you to the people that I've reached out um, in all sorts of ways on my Facebook group or in messaging and just thanked me for, you know, whatever they're getting from my podcast. I really, really appreciate that. Those things do make a huge difference for me. So if you have time to leave a review, that helps my social anxiety. Booyah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I just, I just said booyah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com. 